Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The reality we live in can be a very strange place. Most of the time, fact being stranger than fiction. How will we ever start to understand this reality we live in unless we question everything? Join me and a guest as we unravel the mysteries of this reality one topic at a time. This is Increase the Reality with Shane Jones. What is up, Inquirers, and welcome to a long-awaited episode of Inquiries of Our Reality. I say that because we tried to do this episode back in January, but due to some serious medical complications, we got postponed. But like I always say, certain conversations are intended to happen at certain times, and I'm happy we finally got around to doing this one. This conversation was absolutely wonderful with two people who I was honored to have on the show in the first place. But before we can get into this awesome conversation I got for you guys today, we of course got to uh, hit the front of the house stuff, do some news and updates. So for anybody that hasn't heard me say this on all of the recent episodes, I will be vending at Squonkapalooza. That'll be on August 26th from 10 a.m. till 6 p.m. It is a all-out cryptid carnival uh, featuring specifically the Squonk. For anybody that isn't familiar with that, I suggest that if you're planning on coming to the event, of course, uh, get somewhat familiar with it. And uh, it is a free event. It's going to be happening rain or shine. Uh, There's going to be vendors, including myself, artists, crafts, games, speakers, movies, activities, live music, food trucks, and cosplays. So if you guys are planning on coming out, let me know because I'd love to know who you are before you actually come out so then I can point you out and say, Hey, what's up? I know that guy or girl, of course. Um, so yeah, if you guys want any information on that, there will be a link down in the show description. Uh, no tickets need to get purchased, of course, because like I said, it's a free event. But uh, if you guys are going to be there, let me know you're going to be there because I would love to see you there. And uh, moving on to the front of the house stuff, if uh, you guys haven't left any reviews or ratings for the show, I would definitely appreciate it if you did. And uh, if you guys leave a review on iTunes, of course, I will read it on the show, give you guys a shout out. Uh, it's been a little while since I got one of those for the show, so I would definitely appreciate getting a new one to be able to share on the show. And uh, while we're talking about sharing, uh, if anybody really enjoys a particular episode of the show or the show in general, uh, don't forget to share it with a friend. Word of mouth is an awesome way to help the show continue to grow. And the only way it's ever going to happen is with your guys' love and support and help. So... And if you guys aren't already following the show on social media, I highly recommend that you do. If you want to get updates on episodes, uh, anything cool going on with the show, uh, new merch drops, anything like that. Uh, The one that I'm the most active on is Instagram. But of course, I'm on Facebook. I'm on all the main social media apps. Um, Also on Telegram and Discord. 
Uh, if anybody wants to pop in over there, have some awesome conversations with some like-minded people. Uh, always trying to build those up, keep growing those. So anybody that pops in there, I uh, more than appreciate it, of course. And don't be afraid to interact because that's the type of stuff I want over there. I want to build up a community where a bunch of people can talk, be friends, and again, connect with like-minded individuals. And uh, if you guys haven't checked out the uh, YouTube or the TikTok, I am building those up too. Uh, if you want to get little snippets of the show that are pretty interesting um, with a thought-provoking question that goes along with them, uh, those are always fun to share with friends, of course, too, uh, because if somebody doesn't want to listen to the full entire show, at least send them some cool little snippets of the show. Uh, if anybody's interested in being a guest on the show, whether you're an author, researcher, experiencer, contactee, occultist, or uh, thrown to me from listener out there named Kelly, if anybody is an ex-pilot or current pilot, or you know they know of any types of weird phenomenon going up in the sky that the average person isn't talking about, uh, I really want to get somebody on who is a pilot of some sort, uh, preferably military, but anybody that's seen weird phenomenon, I would love to talk to you. Or if you're just an open-minded individual to begin with, if you got something interesting to talk about, love to sit down, have a conversation with you on the show. Uh, if you guys are interested in that, you guys can always, of course, shoot me a message on Instagram, or you guys can email me at inquiries of our reality podcast at outlook.com. Or you can go to the link tree, fill the submission form, and that will go directly to my email, of course. Uh, make sure you guys check your spammer junk folders because I do respond to every single message I get on any form of which you choose to send me a message. So make sure nothing gets missed because uh, if you guys are taking the time to send me a message and listen to the show, the least I can, of course, do is respond to you guys. So I won't forget about any of you guys. I want to talk to all of you. So make sure you none of the messages get lost in the process. And if you guys haven't checked out Bizarre Encounters, which is my other show that I do with my two awesome co-hosts, Orin and Jenny, highly recommend it. If you guys like uh, the deep thoughts on this show, uh, the jokes that we make here and there, I think that you guys will definitely enjoy that show. Um, Bizarre Encounters, just like the name says, we dive into the paranormal, cryptids, uh, UFOs, extraterrestrials, all that type of stuff, um, including deep dives, some comedy along the way, uh, researchers on some of the topics, uh, encounterers of some of these weird phenomenon. Uh, yeah, highly recommend going and checking that one out if you guys haven't already. And uh, if you guys want to support the show, there's a couple different ways to do so. You guys can go and become a Patreon member. Uh, there you'll get early access to not this show, but also Bizarre Encounters. And you'll also get live feeds of the show. You'll get live replays, which is the video format of the show. Uh, you guys will get exclusive merch store discounts. Uh, there's a lot of cool stuff going on over there, multiple tiers to choose from. So go and check it out, figure out which one suits you guys the best. Uh, you guys can always also donate to the show directly through Cash App, Venmo, PayPal, Red Circle. Uh, Red Circle, of course, being the RSS host for the show. If you guys are interested in donating that way, go all the way down to the bottom of the show description. You'll see something along the lines of donate on Red Circle. And uh, if it doesn't give you any kind of option to leave some kind of personalized message, uh, let me know that you guys donated, of course, because I'd love to give you guys a shout out in the show. And like I always say, give appreciation where appreciations do. And uh, while we're on the topic of that, talking about the merch store, like we we're talking about with uh, getting the exclusive merch discounts on the Patreon. Uh, if you guys want to support the show over there, you guys can go and check out the Open Minds Media merch store, where just like the uh, Patreon also, you will find designs for not just this show, but also Bizarre Encounters. And I recently dropped some new designs over there. There's the new uh, Stay Bizarre Bizarre Encounters design. And there's also the uh, anime Squatch new design that I did for Inquiries of Our Reality. Uh, I think you guys are really going to enjoy those. I got some new stuff coming down the pipeline. Going to be adding a lot more awesome merch to the merch store. Hopefully the intention is to at least drop a new design every month or every other month. Uh, so don't miss out on any of those really cool designs because I'm not sure if I'm going to permanently leave them on there or if I'm going to do kind of a thing where you have to get them in a certain window. But uh, yeah, don't let anything cool get missed over there because there's going to be a lot more updates coming on for the uh, Open Minds Media merch store. 
And while we're talking about merchandise, don't forget to go and check out Joe over there at Crypto Theology. Uh, if you guys follow me on Instagram, you guys see all the different shirts that I post. Uh, if you guys are Patreon members, you guys see all the different shirts that I wear. More often than not, I'm either wearing one of my logos or something I've designed, or I'm wearing Joe's stuff from Crypto Theology because I love his stuff so much, and nobody else in the community um, is doing as diverse of designs as he does. He's always dropping new stuff. He has extensive amounts of awesome designs. So I think if you guys go and check that out, you guys are guaranteed to find something you guys will enjoy over there, be it a parody, uh, an original design, all pertaining to cryptids, paranormal, uh, UFO stuff. So highly recommend going and checking out Crypto Theology if you haven't already, of course. And uh, everything that I mentioned, all available under the link tree, which is available down in the show description. And with that, let's get into the show. Please welcome to the show, fellow podcasters from Hillbilly Horror Stories, Jerry and Tracy. How's it going today, guys? Great. How you doing? Absolute pleasure to have you guys on the show. It's been a hot oh, minute since you. we've gotten to talk, so. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for having us. So uh, for anybody that may not be familiar with uh, what Hillbilly Horror Stories is and how you guys got it rolling and what you guys do exactly over there, uh, why don't you kind of give them an idea about uh, what you guys do exactly? Well, we are primarily a paranormal podcast, but we kind of cover anything that might be strange, creepy, you know, something like that of uh, past that some people would say, eh, maybe it's paranormal, maybe it's UFO, or maybe it's just, you know, government conspiracy. Uh, so we cover stuff like that, maybe some some satanic cult activity. Like I said, if it seems like it's creepy and it fits in with what we do, that's what we try to cover. But we've been doing this for seven years Actually, it'll be seven years, August 21st. and uh, That's awesome. You know, Congratulations. <laughs> thank you. I think between Patreon and uh, so our, our bonus episodes and our regular episodes, we've got close to between six and 700 episodes out. Oh, wow. I've been, been <laughs> able to uh, have a lot of great guests along the way. It's uh, so it's been it's been a lot of fun. So that's kind of that's kind of what we are. We're on obviously all the major platforms. If you can visit uh uh you know spotify or iheart or apple we're on all those so you can find us anywhere under hillbilly horror stories so uh, i guess a good question to start with is what exactly got you guys uh interested in the paranormal uh ghost stories all that kind of stuff was it uh personal experiences or just an interest in hearing some of these stories on my end uh, i grew up in a haunted house i said grew up i was probably 13 or so and, uh, I, you know, I'd had some experiences before that, but didn't realize it until later years that that's actually what they were. But uh, when I was 13, we moved into a house. We had some activity for about five years. And I think that's what really jump started my interest in in uh, the paranormal. So much so even my senior year when we had to do like a, an ending uh, synopsis of uh, of our year. And we had to do for English class, we had to do, you know, like a last uh, book report type thing. Well, I ended up doing mine on uh, Satan worshiping. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's just what it was one of those things, even at 17 years old, it was uh, I was completely captivated by that that kind of stuff. 
I got to ask, what exactly did you end up covering in that report when you're uh, talking about all this kind of stuff? Was it stuff that was going on at the time? Was it just like the phenomenon as a whole or like what, what exactly did you end up covering in there? No, it was the phenomenon as a whole. As a matter of fact, and I always tell this story because this is kind of funny. I, my, my girlfriend at the time and I actually were writing our papers together. They would do it. It was a joint project. And I had rented a book from the library, the Louisville Public Library in Kentucky. And they claim they never got that book back. This is a big, thick book. They claim they never got this book back. So even today, you know, 50 years later almost, I can't write, I can't uh, rent a book from the Louisville Free Public Library because <laughs> they say they never got this book. And I sure as hell wasn't paying for something that I know I turned in. But no, it was just uh, the in, in general what, what it was. Uh, back then, what people thought it was, what it really was, it was it was trying to dispel some of the myths of uh, of Satan worshiping and how long it had been going on and why people did it and some of the fame. You know, we covered obviously, uh, you know, Anton Lavey and uh, some of the others that were involved. You know, it, but that it was that kind of thing, just covering a little bit of all the aspects, just just scratching the surface of it a little bit. <laughs> Basically, yeah. And then, uh, Tracy, how about you? What got you interested in the paranormal and everything? Was it just meeting him, or did you have some of your own experiences before you guys actually met each other? Well, no, I wasn't really into paranormal at all. Um, but now, like Jerry said, when I look back into my past, there was some weird things that happened. And then I was like, hey, wait a minute. Maybe that's what that was. Um, so I really wasn't into it at all. And then Jerry started the podcast with Ricky. And uh, he'll tell you that story, but <laughs> honestly, I just kind of—I don't want to say got drug into it. <laughs> I just happened <laughs> to fall into it. I'll say that. So, but after I started listening, I mean, I was just amazed at all the stuff, and because there's just so much, I have learned so much stuff. Um, so it's just been really fun for us to do it together. And then, uh, obviously, I'm assuming that all of your guys' stories that you guys collect are all, like, listener stories. And uh, for the most part, I'm sure you guys probably cover some of, like, the main historical events at some point. Mm -hmm. But uh, at least coming from, like, the listener encounters, uh, what's some of the most interesting stuff that you guys have come across as far as, like, stuff you guys believe in that may not just be somebody just trying to, you know, pull your chain or mess around with you guys? <laughs> we have heard it all. Uh, mm -hmm. in, in, in seven years, we literally have heard people say they were involved with exorcisms on both sides. Some that said they were actually doing the exorcism or assisting someone doing an exorcism. We've heard from people saying they were the one possessed and had exorcisms done. Mm -hmm. We've had people say they've had animals that were possessed in one way, shape or form. And we've had people say they've been visited by their pets that have passed on. Of course, several family members have visited people. Uh, we've had everything from uh, people saying they were abducted from UFOs to they uh, have had food stolen off their porch in their freezer from Bigfoot. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, literally anything you could think of has been told to us. Um, if I had to pick one, and this was way back way back in the very beginning. Well, you know, we did a, an episode, and this was actually before Tracy came on. Uh, Ricky and I, uh, I guess I should probably start by saying, since she alluded to this, when I started the podcast, Tracy wanted to be a part of it. I said, hey, I'm, I want to do this, and she wanted to be a part of it, but she wasn't really into the paranormal, so I didn't think it would be a good fit, so I bypassed her. 
And I Rude. went to a <laughs> I went to a, a guy that I used to work with. His name was Ricky Graninger. And Ricky and I used to have conversations about the paranormal all the time. He was really into it. I was really into it. So it made sense that, you know, I thought, you know, if people could hear the conversations that we've had, I think they would enjoy it. So that's what we decided to do. The odd thing about that is my inspiration to start the podcast was a husband and wife team called Tony and Jenny Bruski from Real Ghost Stories Online. So it start, that was my inspiration was a husband and wife team, but I still opted to go a different direction. And Ricky and, and I started. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, honey. Ricky and I actually started off shaky. Um, we, we did the very first episode. We just basically talked about why we were starting the podcast. So we really didn't have uh, the first episode really wouldn't our our normal what we were planned on doing, which was pick a famous location in the South. Thus, the, the name Hillbilly Horror Stories. It was going to be, you know, s- stories from the South. And. We talked about some personal stuff, and then I found out the very a uh, couple of days after the episode came out, it came out on a Sunday. I found out on Tuesday I had to have open, open heart surgery. And they told me, hey, you're going to be down for about six weeks. No work, no nothing. You're not going to be able to do anything. We're cutting your chest straight down the middle, sawing through your breastplate. You're not going to want to do anything. You're not going to have any energy. Well, I'm not one to be told what I can and can't do. <laughs> so I told I told Ricky, uh, we recorded on Sundays, uh, and I was having the surgery the Tuesday after that. So I knew a week ahead of time. I told Ricky, I said, well, here's the deal. I'm going to be out about two weeks. So we will record two episodes this Sunday and I'll put one out on Sunday and then I'll uh, that night and I'll put the other one out the following Sunday. Then I'll be good to go after two weeks. And that's what we did. And, uh, you know, but Ricky and I, when we started the podcast, I had done stand up comedy for 15 years and my comedy was more along the, the adult level. So, you know, it was more Chris Rock, Andrew Dice Clay. Uh, Richard Pryor, those were idols of mine, and that's the kind of humor that I did. The good stuff. The, the crude yeah. humor, the good stuff. <laughs> but that's exactly what I wanted to do with the podcast. So Ricky and I, we were doing about 20 minutes. We figured, hey, we'll do a 20-minute show. That's all anybody's got time for anymore, and, uh, and we'll just have fun with it. So we told these stories, and they were crude. And we did the first eight episodes and Ricky was having trouble staying on time. We were splitting episodes up. I would do part of it. He would do part of it. We both research our parts. And, uh, but Ricky was having trouble showing up on time because he had a busy life. I'm not blaming him. This was a hobby, uh, but I don't take anything as a hobby. I'm a workaholic and everything I do, if I'm going to do it, I'm doing it full blown. I don't half-ass anything. And, he missed one time, so we our, our episode was late. I didn't like that. I said something about it. And then we we made the the, the uh, mistake of working together one time. So I was like, you know, I'm, I'm laying around the house. I can't go to work. And I'm like, come on over. We'll research. And I'm writing this stuff down. And he's like, what are you writing all that stuff down for? I'm like, Ricky, I want to be as precise as I can. And I want this to be. So it just wouldn't as important to him, which is okay. Did he just try to and, learn uh, the stories and just tell them off the top of his head kind of a thing instead of like yeah, taking notes yeah. on it? Exactly. And I, but I was like, I wanted to hear the story from 10 different people. 
so I could get as much crammed together. And if I saw a lot of similarities, we'll go with that. And then, but this one, this video here or or podcast might actually have a little different take. And then I can add that to it as well, you know, and then give credit to, hey, I heard this one time on this show, this happened, but I didn't hear anybody else mention it. So I don't know if it's true or not, but boom, that was my whole plan. So I knew right then that day, this probably wasn't going to work because A, I'm a control freak. <laughs> so that was the ninth episode. I'm like, you know what? We're going to do rock and roll in the occult. And I told Ricky, I said, don't worry about researching any of it. I'm going to do all the research. So that's what I did. I did all the research for the episode that night. We're, we're driving out to Tracy's parents' house. And Ricky calls me early. We're recording that night. He says, I'm not going to be able to make it out. I got a stomach virus. Okay, so we're not missing an episode. It's due out tonight. We recorded and put the episode out the exact same night. We weren't ahead, which is something I learned a long time ago that I should have done. has been ahead four or five episodes in case something happened. And for the record, we're still not ahead seven years <laughs> later so for what it's worth. But I told Tracy, I said, look, Ricky's not going to be able to make it tonight. You're going to sit in. She's like, I have no clue what you're going to be talking about. I said, you don't have to. I said, actually, he didn't have a clue what we we're going to talk about. He was just going to respond. And I said, so just listen and respond. And that's what happened. Our audience, even though it was not a large audience at the time, I mean, we were nine episodes in. They really liked that atmosphere and that, that approach. And so Ricky listened. And he was like, you know, she needs to be your partner, which was, you know, I always kid Ricky and say, you know, that boy's got a lot of quit in him. So he was ready to find a way to get out of it, I think, at this <laughs> point anyway. And uh, I'm like, no, this is this is our show. She, she can be a good fill in if we need it. And uh, we recorded two more episodes together. And then Ricky said, you know what? Uh, it's time. It's I've got a lot going on. She's a better fit. You should do this together. And from episode 12 on, you know, Tracy has been the host. And like I said, we've probably got done 700 episodes between then and now. And uh, uh, everything we do is different. We, we put out six episodes a week right now. And literally every episode is something different. So we try to give something for everybody. You know, we do little bonus episodes on uh, our Patreon and we call them hillbilly shorts. They're four, five, six, seven minutes long. We do one every day, except for Monday. So there's six of those that come out a week if you're on our bonus stuff. On Tuesdays, we put a couple of those, string a couple of them together and put them out. And it's really us just having fun. We'll read a story maybe that's in the news or we'll read a list or a top 10 list and we just have fun with it. So we put those out on Tuesday. On Wednesday, we do something that was a spinoff of our show called Hillbilly Dead Time Story. We actually started a YouTube page specifically for these stories. They're about 10 minutes long. It's me reading the story more dramatic fashion, like uh, think of lore. Uh, so it's more like that. And then we we put video with it and we put some music behind it. So Tracy isn't uh, in those episodes. It's not done conversationally at all, like our main show. And uh, we did about nine months worth of videos. And then I realized that was a lot of work and nobody was watching it on YouTube. So we just, we still continue to do the, uh, the audio versions. And uh, I think we're 160, 170 episodes in. <laughs> We've been doing that for a while now on that. That comes out every Wednesday 
On Thursday, we do something called Eerie Encounters. That alludes to what you were saying. We have people that send us their stories. And I read those stories. I read three, four, or five of them, usually about 15 minutes. It's not a long show. Though it comes out on Thursday. Again, dramatic reading, music behind it. But it is done different. I uh, think more of a let's not meet or let's read. It's done more in that that style. Mm. Then on Friday, we do, since we got so many episodes out, we do a, uh, a, a classic episode. So it might be episode 15 or 18 or 20 or 40 that a lot of our listeners haven't heard. You know, they they had they didn't start at the beginning. So you get to hear what it used to be like back in the, the beginning when we were doing this. Saturdays, we do something called Macabre Misfortunes. We cover the gamut in that. Some of it has paranormal, some of it don't, some of it's true crime, some of it's not. It all is some kind of a, uh, something bad that happened involving death. Like we've covered building collapses. We've covered uh, uh, Niagara Falls had back in the 30s. And when it froze over and there was a bunch of people that were setting up shops out there on the ice and it broke apart and some people died when that happened. So we covered stuff like that. This past weekend, we covered... Uh, the death of Brad Delp, who was the lead singer for Boston, who actually committed suicide back in uh, 2007. But there was a bunch of stuff that went along with that. And, uh, you know, it wasn't just a suicide. There was some legal stuff and all that that followed. So we covered that story. A little bit of everything. But um, and we have fun with that. But we do it in the same style that we do Hillbilly Horror Stories. So people like that we do that. So we do that on Saturday. And Sunday is our main episode. And that usually consists of us uh, talking about a haunted location. Sometimes it's a city, so you'll get multiple things. Or sometimes it's like Waverly Hills, where we cover, you know, a deep dive for 45 minutes or so into what happened there. And then we have a guest on, uh, like yourself. You'll end up being a guest on one of these episodes, you know, that, uh, that after that story, then we'll bring you on to talk about your show or some other stuff. And that's on Sunday night. So it really is a different type of format every single day uh, of the week. So, and you guys got something totally different going where a lot of podcasters are doing like the hour and a half, two hour episodes rather than doing that and only dropping once a week. You guys almost have like the almost kind of close to the same amount of time probably, but spread between multiple days of the week. So everybody gets to like a little bite-sized portion of everything and it makes it a little bit easier for everybody to be able to listen to each of your episodes because they don't have to sit there for an hour and a half, two hours listening to them. Like I think it's a really interesting and really cool dynamic that you guys go in that got going that I don't see a lot of other podcasters do. So props to you guys for kind of coming up with your own setup on how you do things. And I've seen a lot of people that seem to model it after a lot of what you guys do. <laughs> well, our, our Sunday our Sunday episodes are about an hour and a half. So you still get that. And that's why it's always going to be our main episode is on Sundays. But everything else during the week, yeah, it's it's 12 to 15 minutes. And, uh, and it's bite-sized stuff. Like you said, that's the perfect way. People can listen to it on their way to work or on their way home or if they want to get a quick show on their lunch break or something like that. So... The Friday episodes the, that are the classics, they're, they're, I've, some of those are two hours and 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> Say those 15-minute ones, those ones are great because, I mean, coming from somebody that regularly listens to podcasts, it's like if you listen to them all day, you'll have like a gap before lunchtime and stuff where it's like a half hour, hour, and you don't want to start up another show and not make it in time. So, like, it's been great for that. That's honestly why I started listening to your guys' show a lot of the time was to kind of help fill in the gap in between. And then, obviously, I listened to the main show off of that and everything. But just, again, just a really, really cool dynamic. And the fact that you uh, originally planned on doing it as, you know, a couple show 
and then you had this other partner with you that ended up leaving, like it's one of those things that everything kind of works out for a reason where, you know, if you didn't have him, you may not have started the show in the first place. And if the show wasn't already like set up and presented, then you may not have had that opportunity to present it to get Tracy on. So I think that having that intention when you first started, it was all supposed to happen for a reason. And it seems to have worked out great for you guys. So props to you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Well, so nice. honestly, Ricky leaving was the best thing that could have happened. And and I don't say that in, as a negative to Ricky, but like I said, we started off, it was very crude humor. And when Tracy came on, we switched the name. So it's still a little bit of crude humor in the first, you know, five, six, seven, eight episodes, but now it's more of a, uh, a, a rated PG show. It's more family friendly. We get a lot of people that listen with their kids uh, and we're, and we are aware of that. So there, you don't hear any F bombs and you don't hear us cursing. You'll hear a dam or a hell, but uh, we, we've pretty much eliminated all the cursing and stuff like that part of it. And on top of that, people, the format that's worked for us is the fact that Tracy never knows the story. She doesn't know the one we do on Saturday. She doesn't know the one we do on Sunday. So she's giving a, a, a genuine response to what happens as I'm telling her the story. So she's captivated, like hopefully the, the audience is, and the questions that she asks are what a lot of the audience is thinking. So it, it works out perfect. That's what we hear more than anything is she asked exactly what I was thinking. So it works. I got to ask too, Tracy, have you kind of been like washed out as time went on? Like when you first started, you were kind of like shocked by hearing all these stories, but after hearing just so much of everything through the years, now you're probably just like, yeah, whatever. People are seeing ghosts. You know what happens? People got a UFO above their house. Like that's just life now. <laughs> <laughs> that's very true. But I'll, I'll tell you, there are some stories, especially if we do like a true crime. I hate doing those. I mean, Ooh, those get dark because they do. I, I mean, I have cried almost every episode that we've done because it's just heart-wrenching, you know, um, but I still get surprised a bit, but, you know, it's like you said, you know, well, you've seen one ghost, you've seen them all, or whatever <laughs> like that, but it's always interesting. It's always interesting, and I always love to hear um, the listener's story because it just captivates you because you're like, oh my gosh, that, you know, I can't believe that really happened and things like that, so... It's it's it keeps it interesting. I don't really get too bored with it. So, do you guys get a lot of like follows up with your with your guys stories? Like if somebody has some paranormal activity happening in their house, is it uh, common that you guys will have people like report multiple events? Yeah, I, I think so. And it's funny because not only is there a follow up on that, but, you know, we'll cover a place in Australia. And next thing you know, we got a listener. Hey, I was just there you know, uh, two months ago mm -hmm. and uh, I took some pictures and I want to show you guys and, you know, and it doesn't matter how, how small the location is. You know, we just covered um, a place in Santa Cruz, uh, California. And lo and behold, I had somebody write me, Hey, I grew up about 20 minutes from Santa Cruz and I hadn't heard that story, but I've heard this one, this one, and this one. So I thought it was cool. You're recovering my place. And, you know, we've done high schools, in Minnesota and somebody'd write, I went to that high school and, you know, I always thought there was something weird. So, I mean, it's, a, it's amazing to me, the stories that we cover that I think are little stories overall. And I'm like, it, if you don't live in that town, you've probably never heard this story. Mm -hmm. And it's all, there's always somebody who lived in that town that will write us and tell us about it. 
you know, so I think I think that's kind of cool. So we get a lot of follow up, even even on the major stories that we do. I mean, those are always the best ones, because at least from like my experience doing stuff, too, it seems like those are always the ones that hit home because everybody's heard about like uh all, all the main different horror stories, honestly, when you start covering the stuff that's local specific to towns, that's when you start getting into like the really, really interesting stuff. And it seems like it just kind of connects you on another personal level with your listeners because they don't get to hear that stuff everywhere. Like you can look up, uh, you know, like the bell, bell, Witch cave, for example. And it's like, everybody's mm-hmm. covered that a little bit, but if you're doing the local stuff, it draws people in. And then because of that also, now that you have that like home tie with people, now they start sharing even more local stories. And if you guys are into the whole idea about, uh, basically just trying to keep stories alive so that they aren't lost through time, like be it just old lore stories or native American stories, any of that, like just having the medium that you kind of connect with the small people to be able to share those stories is I feel helping keep these stories alive for future generations that may not have even have heard of these things if people aren't kind of just regularly keeping it in the rotation. But always when I hear those stories that it just, they seem like they're barely hanging on by a string. I try to do everything I can to try to make sure I talk about it on like both my shows and just bring it back into the realm of knowledge on the internet as far as paranormal activity and stuff goes. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good, yeah, that's a good idea to do that because, you know, like I said, we have not heard of like half of these places, half of these little towns and, I, I, I'm terrible at remembering, but there was this one little town that we did not too long ago, and there were so many different huge things that happened there. We're like, how in the world did all this happen in this little town? It was all paranormal, and but it's just it's just fascinating to me that you know I don't even think we could we couldn't live long enough to you know to find everything, of course, mm. but. Yeah, but it's just, I don't know, it's just really been a blessing and it's just been so much fun to learn all these things. And so, but we are very grateful for that. I mean, even keeping the stories alive and known too is helping future Mm -hmm. generation of researchers because like you were Mm -hmm. saying too, we may not begin to be able to cover all these stories or understand them in our lifetime, but if we at least get the stories to be talked about, then maybe a couple generations down the line, maybe the paranormal can honestly start getting figured out from like a scientific standpoint where the average person can't deny it anymore because there is some type of like solid evidence proof to something Mm -hmm. existing beyond what we realize exists. Right, right. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. That's what's happening with UFOs now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys want to get into UFOs and stuff. I was going to ask at some point, uh, I'm assuming you guys probably end up getting stories about cryptids, paranormal, and UFOs, but I want mm-hmm. to ask, like, which one of your guys, which one's your guys' favorite stories for each of those categories? So I guess now that you brought that up, I'll have to ask that first. Which uh, your guys' favorite story that you guys have collected, be it from a listener or just a story that you guys researched on uh, pertaining to, like, UFOs and UFO sightings? I think for UFOs, uh, man, I'm kind of torn. Rendlesham Forest is probably my favorite UFO story because I think that's the one that stands out to me. There was so much credibility in that one. Uh, The the Berkshire UFO up in uh, Massachusetts is probably second. But those two, I'm not a big UFO guy. It's kind of the ongoing joke on the show is I do UFOs because we have to on occasion (laughs) to try to keep everybody happy. But uh, UFO stuff doesn't fascinate me. Uh, And and obviously, you know, the whole fire in the sky abduction story is uh, the Travis Walton 
is a fantastic story. Those are my top three when it comes to UFOs. So one's abduction, one's just strictly, uh, well, I guess Rendlesham Forest has got some abduction stuff in it too. Uh, but uh, that, that's my three when it comes to UFOs. Cryptids, same thing. I'm not a huge cryptid uh, person, but uh, Ape Canyon is probably going to be my favorite uh, Bigfoot type story. I know a lot of people lead with the Patterson Gimlin film and, and we had a chance to meet Bob Gimlin a couple of years ago. It was a really cool situation. Uh, but you know, uh, Momo's a good story. Uh, there's a lot of cryptids that obviously aren't, uh, aren't Bigfoot type related Chupacabra. Uh, I hate that story with a passion. Flatwood monster can't stand that one. I mean, even though that's supposed <laughs> to be, I, I just think that sound that picture just looks so weird. There's no way I can believe that. I'm not saying it didn't happen, but that picture makes it lose credibility with me. Mothman. Uh, if I had to pick a cryptid that was non Bigfoot, Mothman's probably going to be it. Um, that one connects a lot so, into the paranormal. So I was kind of expecting mm -hmm. that that one would probably be the one that you guys probably enjoy the most. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess also UFOs too. It kind of links a little bit into everything. Kind of like you guys depends were saying. On, you have to cover all to. of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how about uh, how about you, Tracy? What's uh, been some of your favorites? And of course, I, I got to ask too, Jerry. What's uh, your favorite paranormal story? <laughs> Bell Witch. Uh, oh yeah, Bell Witch. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I really like uh, what um, I say. I'm gonna lose my train. Uh, Pope Lick. Uh, the public Charity. monster. Public monster, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of fascinating and pretty close to home. Um, and then the Mothman, that was amazing going to that museum and seeing all that fun stuff. Because, and it's kind of weird because when you see that movie, that movie freaked me the heck out. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, my gosh. That Mothman was like Prophecies? The, yes. Oh, my gosh. That was like, the, that scared me so bad. And um, But honestly... That's probably my two best. I do like uh, I do like Bigfoot just because Mr. Gilman's so cute and <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> He's just the sweetest thing. So but you know, I I, I totally believe there's a Bigfoot. I, I totally believe that. So I wouldn't, you know, I know people don't believe it, but you know, when you watch things like we watched a show the other night about Loch Ness. And they just debunked it. And when I was at the end of it, I was like, oh, that kind of stuck, you know, because <laughs> you go on, you're trying to believe all this stuff. But, you know, yeah, that, that famous that famous picture that you always see of Loch Ness. Yeah. I had no idea that they had debunked that actually years ago. That no, the people who either. shot it came, yeah, you know, the people who shot it came out and said, no, it was a fake dinosaur. And we put it on a little floater and put it out in the water and took a picture. I had no idea. That that was the case until I How watched it. How funny that. is that? No, I didn't need it. I didn't really think so much that that was true, but then when you look how cheesy it really was and how it just fooled millions of people all over the place, you're like, oh gosh, then you kind of feel dumb, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, it was pretty interesting to learn about that. So that's always been one that I've been interested in for like the older stories, but it's mm -hmm. one of those things that by the time that picture came out, people were already hearing like the old stories. So they already had that whole like folklore idea of it. So I think that like there may have been something there at some point, maybe it's probably was dead by the time somebody they did that model photo, but just because oh, of that sure, model man. photo, it totally like 
ruined the actual legitimate lore that may have been involved with it, where everybody kind of sees it now as the more like a, like a the Loch Ness monster myth rather than there yeah, may have actually yeah. been something there. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. And it's just like when we did the rock and roll things and, you know, I love music of any kind and, you know, it's always singing to whatever. And then when we did the story on hotel, California, I had sung that song a thousand times and did not even know what the heck that song was about till I got on the show. All those years, I had no clue about what that song was about. So once I found that out, I was like, oh my gosh, that is not a good song. You know what I'm saying? The, thing, the things that you did in it were like, I was like, I had no clue. I'd never even, you know how you think of a, you love a song, you just sing the words, but you really don't listen to the words, I guess. Yeah, you just and learn that, them in order. <laughs> yes, and that's how I was with this song. And I was just like, oh, my goodness. But, you, you know, like I said, I've learned a lot of things. So it's been really interesting. Well, I guess for the sake of maybe ruining the song for some people, for anybody that may not be familiar what the song actually means, if you guys would love to share your research, that'd be great. Well, <laughs> yes. I, I don't I don't have it all right in front of me, but I, what what the basics of it is, if you look at the Eagles Hotel California album, like they, I don't know if it's that, if the, I know they're still putting albums out today. I don't know if it's still like that, but it used to be when you opened it up, it was like the inside of a hotel. And up in the top right hand corner, there was a balcony. And you could see someone up in the balcony. And the Eagles have admitted that that was Anton LaVey. Well, the first church of Satan, started by Anton LaVey, was started in an old hotel in California. Uh, you'll hear references in the song about you can check in, but you can never leave. You will hear references like um, uh, there were voices down the corridor. I thought I heard them say, welcome to the Hotel California. You will hear they fought it with their steely knife, but they still can't kill the beast. Um, you know, I was uh, like, no why did they was, leave? I said, how dumb y'all was. <laughs> I thought it was like purgatory another, or something. That was my assumption. Yeah. <laughs> another another part of it says, uh, we haven't had that spirit here since 1969. Um, and and you, you typically don't hear spirit as much as you do spirits. But 69, I believe, was when the Church of Satan was actually started in the hotel. So there's all kinds of little, if you actually listen to the, don't just listen to the song, Pull the words up and look at them. Now, Don Henley swears that he was talking that that the song was written about the rock and roll lifestyle and drugs and getting involved in all that. And that's more or less what the song was about, about you can, you know, check out any time. That's what it is. So you can check out any time you like, but you can never leave, you know, and, and that's kind of what it was about. But next time you get a chance, just pull up the words to Hotel California and just realize that Anton LaVey was actually in that cover and look up when he started the first church of Satan and look up where he started it at. And you'll see that there's a lot more coincidence in there maybe than uh, people realize. It's kind of funny. I'm gonna have to look after the show. I actually do have the old original vinyl of the hotel California album. So I'm going to have to look that up now. (laughs) Yeah. That's so cool. I literally can remember back in high school. I mean, we're talking 1986. I had the album and people knew it back then that he was in the album. Uh, and and I had I can remember a good friend of mine, Cleo Saltzman, wanting to borrow that a couple of times just for that purpose. You know, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's and they've admitted it that that part. They've admitted that that was him up in there. Now, 
what the reason was for having him in there, I don't remember. But uh, what they didn't want people to know, they didn't want like anybody. To I don't know. know. It, and 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 now I can't. Um, Dag, I'm trying to think of the. I'm trying to think of the actual line in the song, but it says something about uh, how they process something in the song. You know, this is how. Uh, this is how we process something. But anyway, the term that they use in the song is is word for word what Anton LaVey used in the first uh, uh, the uh, Satanic Bible that he wrote <laughs> about. That's how they you know proceed or perceive or something. Uh, so what is it? So glad, uh, so glad to perceive or something like is what it says in the song. But whatever that line is, is exactly word for word what Anton LaVey has in the uh, Satanic Bible. It almost makes you wonder if it's one of those things where maybe one of them knew what they were trying to write when they did the song and the others weren't mm -hmm. aware and they kind of just took their own take on it. Or if you guys kind of followed the whole thing with like demonic influence, if maybe they were like writing a song without even realizing what they were writing because there was some type of like outside force that was influencing them to write the song oh, in a yeah. specific way, even if they didn't realize that they were writing it in that mm -hmm. way. <laughs> yeah, well, that make that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Here we go. I pulled it up. It says, last thing I remember, I was running for the door. I had to find the passage back to the place, place I was before. I was before. Relax, said the night man. We are programmed, programmed to, receive. to receive. You can check out anytime you like, but you can never leave. You can never leave. That term, we are programmed to receive, is straight from the uh, Satanic Bible by Anton LaVey. <laughs> wow, that's a totally different take on that that I never would have picked up. I, I as many times as I've heard that and I've looked at the album cover, I never noticed the the picture with the balcony. But I mean, you could totally perceive it from like purgatory. Like I always got like a, like a purgatory state from it. Like you die and then you're just stuck in this like hotel that's supposed mm -hmm. to represent purgatory. And I think I remember my dad saying that when I was younger too. So I don't think he even fully realized like all of the occult meaning that was like hidden behind this album. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Have you guys uh, found anything else kind of weird that they've written specifically? Like, was this just like a one song just happened to be kind of weird and off? Or that, is it like a regular thing that pops up in all of their music? That was the only thing that I noticed uh, on the Eagles. So the rest of it, n nothing else weird, nothing else occult. That just even kind of infer like pushes even more so what I was saying that maybe they were like influenced by like an outside source, maybe. Like that whole crossroads thing, and then at some point he has to come and collect his toll. Maybe his toll is to do this subliminal, uh, like a cult song, and you don't even realize that you're writing it in the first place. <laughs> well, but uh, I mean, and look at it from a musical standpoint. If you're if you're an Eagles fan, there is no other song lyrically like that with all the metaphors and all that stuff. I mean, it's all like peaceful, easy, or easy, peaceful feeling, or whatever the song was. You know what? You, it's just all straightforward, good, fun songs and, you know, life in the fast lane and, and you know, all the, but nothing really had all the metaphors and similes and stuff like that particular song had. It's written lyrically different than any of their other songs. That almost makes you wonder, too, if like, I don't know if they've ever admitted it, but maybe there was like somebody else that like wrote it for them and like gave it to them and they just kind of like 
like took credit over it because i mean for a lot of artists like assumably you're not going to write every single song like you're going to have people that come to you and say like hey i wrote this song and i really want to hear you guys play it i wrote this song for you and you're just going to like you're going to take it and more often than not like maybe there's credit for it and it'll be written somewhere all the way down in the album cover or something like that but at least that one specifically it sounds to me either like influence or maybe there was somebody that gave them the song or maybe like wrote it for them or wrote the lyrics and maybe they did the music or something behind it that could be it's because if, I think if some if somebody else had written it, I just wonder if they were like, "Man, this sounds a little deep. I don't know, if, you know, this is something we should record or or what." But I guess they were down for it, so <laughs> they thought it was the rock and roll lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. Like, that fits us perfect. We got this. We got it covered. <laughs> we're gonna call a whole album after this. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I guess kind of just because, you know, we're, we're here and I got to ask the questions because you guys probably don't get this flipped on you guys too often. Um, I know that we talked about a few of your experiences, Jerry, a long time ago on Bizarre Encounters, but this is a little bit different of an audience. But uh, I'd love it if you guys uh, shared some of the paranormal weird experiences that you guys have had in your life. Tracy, I'll let you start and, and you can tell one of the ones that you've got. Um, well, one one of them is when we went to the Sally house. We spent the night, and a bunch of us did. We spent the night, and Justin Remo from Mysterious Mysterious Circumstance had been downstairs in the basement, and down there, there was this, like, big friggin' hole. Like, it's like a hole that you can look in and kind of goes back and stuff like that. In the the basement wall. Yeah, in the basement wall. And it's, it's very creepy down there, but he must have said something to make some entity mad or something because he, the person literally said get out and just an obelisk (laughs) yeah yeah thank you and so justin was like oh my god i think i really peed him off so he came back upstairs he said i'm not gonna go back down them steps so about i don't know half hour later i'm like well i want to go down will you go down with me and he just kind of looked at me like oh and he said okay i'll go down (laughs) with you so there was about six of us down there Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And... So Justin was like, I guess going to be a smart ass and everything. And he was just like, okay, so you're, you think you're so smart. How many people are down here? And the box or whatever that thing is said six. And we're like, oh, okay, because that's right, you know. And then uh, he said, okay, well, if you're that smart, tell me the color of Tracy's hair. And he said pink. And that's the color my hair was. And I'm like, nope. I'm out. I'm out. It scared the crap out of me. And Justin's like, well, I mean, I'm not going to be doing this no more. I'm not coming back down here. So that was kind of freaky. But then we went to, uh, uh, what is it, babe? Whispering. What is it? Whispers Whispers of States in Indiana. And this one even got Jerry, too, because we ended up going there. And we went upstairs. There was this little girl that passed away. Um, They back in. Back in the day, they put candles on Christmas trees, which still boggles my mind. I don't know why they would do that, but <laughs> that's what they used for the Christmas lights. And the little girl backed into the tree, and her dress caught on fire, and she passed away. 
And then the, the kid, the little boy, he had fell down the stairs and broke his neck. And so he had passed away as well. Well, we go up in her room and there's like, you know, of course, all these dolls sitting on her bed and the, the poster board legs were like wide. And at first we were in there, nothing really happened. We had our like little flashlights, you know, turn off and on or whatever. So we went to the next room and when we were in there, I was sitting by this closet door. Jerry was sitting on the other side of me and this closet door just started opening. Like, <laughs> so I guess somebody said, are you in here? Or are you, do you want to play or something like that? All of a sudden that closet door opened. It was just, I mean, it opened wide. And me and Jerry just looked at her like, what the heck? <laughs> so the, the guy that shows the tours too, but he, he went and showed us that you, you can't just pull that door open. I mean, he showed us. He did this with it, and it would not come open. So that kind of freaked us out a little bit. So by this time, we heard this loud crash in the other room. So we went back into the little girl's room, and we put up a uh, – beach ball but it wasn't all the way inflated so it was it would sit perfectly on that poster bed yeah, kind of flat on the bottom mm. yeah yeah so uh one of the girls said you know do you want to play and things like that and we had our flashlights situated in all these different spots and she said if you if you want to play turn the flashlight on well that daggone flashlight came on let me tell you and we were like oh my god it's like seriously and they're like, so do you want to play? And all of a sudden, it's like some something hit that uh, ball, and it flew off the bed. I mean, as hard as it could, it flew off that bed. And we're, then we're, me and Jerry were like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. So we kept doing that back and forth for a little bit. And then um, I think she said, okay, are you done playing now? If you're done playing, turn the light off. And the, that flashlight went off. So we're like, okay, well, we're done. But that is the most, yes, that was the most experiences that we have ever had. Even because sometimes I'll admit, Jerry will go in. He's like, yeah, whatever. I didn't see that or I didn't see this or whatever. Not that night. He was like, and then they had videotaped it with that one thing. What is that one thing, babe? That box. The XLR. Yeah. So I'm sitting in this chair by that closet door and everybody kind of started laughing. I'm like, what are y'all laughing at? whatever this thing was, was in front of me dancing. Like you could see, <laughs> and we all just, we literally were all just sitting there. None of us were moving. So I was like, oh my gosh. So that was kind of crazy, but they got that all on film. I think Jerry actually has that video. Mm -hmm. uh, and then when did we went to the bathroom or what happened in the bathroom? Uh, it looked like it was pooping. It was bent over. It was literally when you use the XLR thing, the, the toilet was right there. And it, and it looked like there was somebody sitting on the toilet. You could tell by the way the legs were bent and, and all that. And that was funny. Did you check the toilet bowl for ectoplasm? <laughs> I did not. I did not. Hey, we, should, we should have done that. But I'm telling you, that, that, was, that was pretty scary. I mean, it was just really scary. <laughs> so I've talked about yeah, this we, a few times on the show. It's kind of funny how like something so innocent, like it more than likely was like kids, but just trying to play with you. Mm -hmm. But just because they're on the other side, it comes across as like so freaky. Cause even like mm -hmm. people that have hauntings at their house, you know, like yeah. the other side, you can't help it because if somebody doesn't understand what they're interacting with, like that freaks people out instantly, but just something mm -hmm. as simple as your grandma passes away and she puts a hand on your shoulder. It's something just so innocent and gentle like that from your grandma if you're unaware of it and you don't 
you can't see your grandma, it instantly becomes this horrifying thing when it's just just a basic, just simple night kind gesture, yeah. just like playing with the kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so true. I, I keep wanting that to happen to me with grandma or my mom and dad. And I guess they're being stubborn or have other things else to do, but because they have never came yet. <laughs> hey, that but, might be a um, good yeah. thing, though, because that might mean that they're up in heaven somewhere rather than being stuck on this earthly realm. <laughs> that's, that's very true. And that's the way you have to look at it. But I just think that anybody that has that kind of experience, man, what a blessing that is, especially if your loved ones come to you and everything like that. I just think that's the most wonderful thing. But yeah, that that night, well, I think for us, or me anyway, was the scariest because all those things happened. And I mean, there was like, nobody was, nobody was near the flashlights. Nobody was near that ball. We were all like against the wall in the room. So it was just really, it was crazy. That's awesome, too, that you guys had that many experiences happen, like, mm -hmm. all within that close mm -hmm. to each other, because a few of the oh, investigations I, I go on, it's like one little thing, and that's all you get for the night. But if you go to multiple locations, uh -huh. same place multiple times, you get a little bit more, but you guys just hit the jackpot, apparently, at that location that night. It, it was well, definitely the it, jackpot. Yeah, we did, and it was just so wonderful, because everybody else seen it as well. So we're like, okay, I'm not crazy. You know, everybody else seen it, but it, man, it was something else. It was, it was really cool. And you got the video proof. So witnesses and video proof mm -hmm. at that point, it's like, all right, try to fight me on it. Like, <laughs> this is what we got. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting. So it was a lot of fun. I mean, I've been to Waverly and, you know, as soon as you walk into that place, you just have this just awful feeling. It's just a sad feeling, honestly. But, you know, I see uh, shadow figures there all the time. You see that all the time. And. I don't know if Jerry's ever seen anything. He spent the night there once, and I don't know about him, but uh, but that's you know it's fun to kind of see the shadow people and stuff like that. So we've been but we've been lucky. I know I uh, did some stuff in the morgue that I probably shouldn't have done back when Jerry Pauly. <laughs> I would love to hear this, of course. Now, now that you brought it up, I got to hear it. <laughs> that was that was way back before uh, Waverly was a uh, a tourist attraction. It was just abandoned, and teenagers used to sneak in up there and and party and you know other stuff. But uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we'll just keep it keep it on. The, you can figure it out from there. <laughs> oh yeah, sicko. <laughs> I can't even her imagine. Name, her name huh? was Tina. But go ahead. <laughs> Oh, Tina, she's just crazy as you are, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I can't even I can't even imagine going in there to do something like that, much less just walking in there freaks you out. Then you both feel it an extra day, hand touch your back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was the closest I ever got to a threesome. <laughs> and I couldn't even see the third person involved. I just felt the hands. <laughs> Get your finger out oh of there. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Just tell me what you said. That's what she said. <laughs> Gotta throw one of those in there. <laughs> oh my god, that's awesome! That's so awesome. I've had uh, the board ready. I was waiting for a few jokes, and that was the first time I got the opportunity for it. I got the laugh track. I got all the good stuff. <laughs> oh, nice! That's so cool. I'm surprised Jerry hadn't came up with that. What she said a long time ago, but <laughs> that's for the, for the, for the record. That, for the record, I've recorded my own funeral, and there is a that's what she said in there. So, <laughs> shut up. I swear there is. She What's the context? Not obviously. surprise me. I haven't heard it. No. I'm curious yeah, of the context. Surprise me. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> You're and crazy. Then uh, how about how about you, Jerry? What's uh, what's some of your bizarre most favorite experiences? I guess I'm trying to think of something that maybe somebody hasn't heard already. Um, I mean, I've been lucky. I've had tons of things happen in the house that I grew up in, but I tell those stories so much. I'm trying to think if there's something. What about the Ouija board? We're not talking about that. Uh, <laughs> let's see. What about when you and your girlfriend were coming to your house or something? Wasn't there a story there? Mm, not really. Well, no, I mean, no. yeah, I guess there kind of was. I'll, I'll tell. I'll tell this one, and I told this one a ton also, but it's still probably my favorite paranormal story. So we'll go back to. Um, uh, I just started doing stand-up comedy. We're about mm. six months in. My mother had passed away, and when my mother and I pa- uh, when when she had passed, we didn't have the best relationship. We used to be really close, and um, we had grown distant over the years, and to the point where when she'd call, I wouldn't pick up the phone sometimes, or if I went over to the house to see my dad, she'd be in a back bedroom, and sometimes I wouldn't even go back there. And so it was that kind of relationship. And she passed away unexpectedly. She was only 54 years old. Same same age that I am right now. Uh, and I started feeling the guilt, obviously, of wished it hadn't ended like that. So word to the wise, to people out there, if you've got parents that are still around, don't let petty crap get in the way. And um, I was I was at this little corner bar and I was doing a show that night, a comedy show is me and a guy named Chuck Porter. He had set it up and I was going to be his guest. And this place was literally a hole in the wall. I mean, they had a little, they had two rooms. One room was the bar area. And then they had a step down room where they did karaoke and stuff. And you could fit maybe 25 people in there. And that was crammed. So I show up real early this night. It's probably four o'clock. I'm just, in there because I got nothing else to do. I've got my my act all written down. I'm going over it. Well, a couple of bikers come in, uh, male, female couple, and you know they're they're stereotypical. What you think of of bikers? You know they're they're the burly types, both of them. They've got their their leather and their blue jeans, and they're, you know late forties, kind of rough, bearded, both of them. No, just him. Uh, <laughs> But they were really nice people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I asked them, I'm like, I'm like, hey, uh, are you guys going to stick around for the comedy show? And they're like, we didn't even know there was a comedy show. And then that, we now they know I'm a comedian that we start talking. And, you know, anytime somebody finds out you're a comedian, they want to start telling you jokes and all this stuff. And so we had some fun for a few minutes. And then uh, they said, no, we're, we're basically just stopping. This is our first stop on several different places. They're bar hopping, you know, and uh I'm like, okay, cool. Well, eventually I go sit down in that other room. I'm the only person in there and uh, I'm sitting there reading over my notes and they come in and sit down at a different table. You feel kind of awkward that they're in there now. You're like, oh, you almost feel like you got to go talk to them. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So I go over there and sit down. We start talking and we start BSing about something. Well, the the man just says, hey, your mom wants you to know everything's okay. Now, we hadn't talked about my mom. They don't know me. So I'm thinking there's obviously some kind of joke he's making that I missed. So I did that little, you know, 
nervous kind of joke you do when you don't get a joke, you know, just in case, you know, (laughs) yeah. And the woman reached over, put her hand on top of mine and said, no, your mom wants you to, to know that everything is okay between you two. And dude, I felt like a ton of bricks was dropped on me. And I Im- immediately got emotional and I started just breaking down to these people. I'm like, yeah, you know, we, we, she died about six months ago and there was a lot of unresolved issues between us. And I have felt so guilty. And you're like, well, she wants you to know that there's no need to feel bil- guilty about all that. They, everything that was in the past, it was in the past. Things are completely different now. And then they start talking about, you know, she wishes, she thinks you should be at, uh, performing at better places than this. And you should, you know, my mom got to see me perform one time at a comedy club in Louisville. And, uh, and I was like, you know, trust me, this is not where I want to be, but you know, I, this is where I'm at right now. This is, this is, you gotta, you gotta perform where you can to to hone your craft and all that stuff. And, uh, eventually they just got up and left and, um, I never saw them again, but, they were sent there for something. I don't know if they knew it when they got there. I don't know if that happened in the midst of them just being there and they had to come down, but somehow or another, my mom sent a message to them and I was, I was screwed the rest of the night. I can't tell you anything else that happened. I can't tell you what else we talked about before they left. I can just tell you that something happened that was supposed to. And that night changed my life because from that moment on, I was a hundred percent proven to me that there was life after death. Because they knew stuff, they knew stuff that they couldn't have known, you know, and uh, they said stuff to me that obviously was uh, very life changing uh, because they took away a lot of guilt. It took away a lot of pressures that I had put on myself. And uh, to me, that was, like I said, that was life changing. So uh, that's always going to be the most important thing that happened to me. And I had some other situations with her. Uh, where she came to somebody else, you know, on my birthday, my very first birthday, my mom used to call me at around five seventeen. That's the, my birth time. She'd call me every year at five seventeen on my birthday. My first birthday, she that um, after she had passed away, I was dating a girl, and she, we, I wanted to spend my night with her. She couldn't. She had something else, a previous engagement already set up. Because when we started dating. Uh, it was only a couple of weeks really before my birthday and we had known each other, know each other from the past, but we hadn't, you know, we had given this a second or third chance or 18th chance. I can't remember where we were at this point, <laughs> but, uh, I'm driving. I actually had a buddy of mine that wanted to uh, borrow some software that I had. And I said, okay, I'll meet you up at a Myers, uh, parking lot, which I don't know if you got a Myers where you are, but it's, a, you know, like a Walmart. Yeah. We're ramping with Meyer up in Michigan. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. So I met him up at the parking lot and somebody called me. I dropped it off to him. I was on the phone. I didn't even get off the phone. I was kind of rude, but I said like, here you go. And and I got in the car and I only lived like five minutes from there. And for whatever reason, I just get in the car and start driving. I'm on the phone for whoever I'm talking to. I don't even remember who I was talking to. And next thing I know, I'm pulling up at my dad's house, which was about 15 minutes away. Wasn't really far. And I get off the phone and I'm like, the hell am I doing here? Uh, you know, I guess subconsciously I drove there and I thought, you know what? My immediately thing was, I think something's wrong with my dad. That's why I'm here. 
And I had had experiences in my past where I have felt something was wrong and too many times they turned out to be true. So I was extremely nervous. I went inside. I talked to my dad. Everything seemed to be okay. So I was confused and, but I was also rattled. So I went back out to the car and I called my girlfriend and get this. We had a connection like, and, and this isn't a negative towards my wife, obviously, but we had a soul connection. She was a paranormal investigator. Uh, that was something I was really into at the time. And we just connected on a different level. And I call her up. I said, Hey, I'm at my dad's house. And she says, I know I'm on my way there. She'd only been there one time ever, ever. And she was, keep in mind, she already had plans. That's why we weren't together. So she shows up at the house. We go inside and we talk and she's really perceptive on things. And, you know, my dad's sitting there with his little poodle. He's sitting in his chair and we just talk. Nothing out of the ordinary. We're not talking about anything weird. My dad's not into that kind of stuff. And after about 30 minutes or so, we leave. She goes and does what she says, you know, she's got to do. I go back to my place and she says she'll call me when she's done. So she calls me that night and I'm like, you know, I just, I just felt like that something was wrong with my dad. And I don't understand that there wasn't, I don't understand why I ended up there. And she said, did your mom call you? Every year on your birthday at the time you were born. I said, yes, she did. I hadn't, I hadn't thought about this at this point. She says, what time was that? I said, 517. She says, what time did you end up at your dad's house? And started thinking and I'm like, it was somewhere in that neighborhood. And she said, so she called you. She just didn't call you on the phone. (laughs) And I'm like, you know, I was like, I kind of wish you'd really got a chance to meet my mom. And she says, I think I did tonight. She said, she's all in that house. She said, did you notice that? She said, she just hovers right in the area of your dad's chair. She said, if you notice that little dog, the little poodle is constantly like just looking up. She said, that's what she's looking at. Oh, wow. (laughs) So that's my two experiences involving my mom after she passed. And and oddly, I don't think I've had some other instances where I feel like I've talked to her or she sent me messages, um, you know, through dreams or what have you. You know, she's told me stuff that I shouldn't have known and that I've proven after the fact that we're, we're, we're facts. So, you know, it's uh, it's strange. Man, that's boring. <laughs> my my story was very boring compared to yours. I mean, but, at you least know, for your mom, you it seems like she she sends a lot of messages. So I'm kind of curious if, like, on your birthday, if it's just because it was like a special time, if she was maybe able to like kind of be more in this in this reality or whatever you want to try to word it as. But like, even with the story where you're talking about when you were going to play at like the comedy club, um, it just seems like she's doing that thing where she kind of like whispers, like she can't make like direct contact with you. It seems like, like there's, there's like a weird middleman in there. And then as far as those bikers go too, just out of curiosity, did you uh, like notice anything like 
or feel anything like off about them? Like, do you think that they were no. like normal people or just maybe just like vessel no, for they, a message or they were completely normal people. I have no idea. I don't know why they were chosen. I don't know if they even know to this day they were chosen. I don't know if they remember anything that happened after that part. And I, I'll give you another connection that I didn't realize until years later. My, uh, my mom and dad are homebodies. They would go out and do stuff on occasion, but for the most part, they didn't, they don't do a whole lot outside the house. Never did. And one time that little bar, for whatever reason, myself and my mom and my dad, one of the only times I ever went out with my mom and dad after I moved out of the house, we went to that little bar and played pool. <laughs> and oh. it never dawned on me till years later that the last time that I ever really, and this has been probably five or six, seven years before that. Um, the only time that I ever really did anything with my mom and dad in my adult life with just me was at that bar. So there was actually some more symbolic stuff at that bar that I ever realized. I mean, it, I'm literally talking six, seven years after that, before I realized that that's the place where we went and played pool. Talk about like residual too. Obviously they spent a lot of time in their house. So it's almost like putting like a rut in this reality where it's like, they're always going to have some type of tie or presence or like their essence there. But uh, you hear a lot of things about like high trauma events or just like high emotional events, leaving some type of like imprint in an area. And one thing that I always like to bring up is that I don't feel like it always has to necessarily be something negative to leave an imprint somewhere. You can have like a really good memory and maybe that can imprint somewhere, which could be a lot of the time where like some of these ghost towns, you hear like the saloon music and you'll hear like drinks mm -hmm. clinking and stuff isn't because it's a terrible time, but because people are having such a good time there that it, that it stays there. And I kind of feel like that might be what happened with that bar specifically it was that they're such a homebody and they didn't leave the house that that bar specifically created some type of like rut um memory because it was such a great memory for them that rather than again that residual haunting idea it's you know like a re good residual thing that happens there and i'm glad that you shared that story for that because i'm always trying to find uh cases of this and i feel like that's probably like a perfect case of this mm -hmm. yeah that's so true it's a great story and I mean, Jerry will talk, would talk about that with me after we first, I mean, he would get so emotional, you know, because, and I just, in my mind, I'm thinking, dang, how lucky you are that, you know, you had that opportunity for them to come forward to tell you that because, you know, I know that he's worried about that for many years and I don't know, it's just like a big relief almost. So I'm glad it happened to him. I, I can't tell those stories without, and I've told them, I don't know how many times. Uh, you know, and, and I can't tell them without getting emotional. I was getting emotional telling them that I had to stop a few times and take a pause. We did a, we did a show in uh, Memphis, a little dinner show, and I started telling that story, and I literally just broke down. It's the first time I've completely lost it, but I broke down and had to just stop two or three times on stage, you know, telling that story. And like I said, I've told that story. I bet I've told that story 60 times. And... It, but I, I'll get a quiver in my voice every time because nothing hits closer to home than those two stories. I mean, you have such a residual behind it, too, where you had that detached emotional connection with your mom and then you finally had your closure. Like, I think that's going to be one of those stories that no matter how many times you tell it, no matter how long of a period of time you tell it over, it's always just going to be a really hard story to tell just just because of how much emotion is truly behind it. It's not just mm -hmm. just the absence of a parent, but the at like the connect the 
loss of connection beforehand that that was able to bring it all back together where you're able to feel some type of closure with it. Like it's, yeah. it's always going to be a really, really hard story to tell. And I appreciate you sharing it on the show, of course. Mm-hmm. And if people are interested, I'm, I know I'm not really here to plug stuff and I typically don't, but I wrote a book a couple of years ago called uh, Hillbilly Horror Stories from Hell to High Water. And it covers a, a lot of the relationship because my, my, my relationship with my mom was very complex. Uh, we, she could communicate with me when she was alive. Yeah, or, or I wouldn't say communicate. She would know things that she shouldn't have known that were happening in my life. That if something bad happened to me, she knew. It's like you hear that twins have that feeling toward each other. And you hear um, mother-son intuition type deal. And it, that keeps popping up throughout the book. But in the book, it's in three parts. It's, a, it's an easy read. You can, most people can read it in a couple of days. But I cover growing up in a haunted house and why I think all that happened. Uh, we cover so many different incidents that, that obviously we didn't even talk about today that happened. And then the second part of the book is how I dealt with depression and a suicide attempt after uh, uh, going through a divorce and all the crappy stuff that I did as a person that led to that divorce and uh, how you can change as a person and become a better person. And I wanted to write that book because so many people know me from the podcast and they think that I was always this fantastic person that, that they look up to on the podcast. And I wanted people to know that the version of you seeing me today was not the version that I was 20 years ago. And I did a lot of stuff that I regret. And, you know, I've spent the rest of my life trying to atone for that. So, yes, I am a better person today than I was 20 years ago. And I'm a work in progress. And, you know, I, I, I feel like crap for the way that I treated my ex-wife. I was never physically abusive, never laid a hand on her, but I was verbally abusive. And, you know, I, I lost everything that I had back then because of the type of the person that I was. And uh, because of that, I went through deep depression. I tried to kill myself. And eventually I just put put a line in the sand the day after my suicide attempt and said, it's time to change and I'm going to change. And my life has become fantastic in the years since then. I met my true soulmate, which is Tracy. And, uh, you know, I've been able to start a, a podcast where I help other people that have uh, some mental uh, insecurities in life, whether it be depression or whether it be anything else. Uh, you know, I, I try to get rid of that stigma that people have out there of uh, mental disabilities or mental disorders or however you want to term it. I want people to know it's okay to not be okay. And, um, you know, we've been able to help a lot of people. And that's what the third part of the book is, is how we started the podcast and how we turned our group into a support group. 6,000 people in our group. It's a private group and you can't join the group unless you agree to not bully and not criticize others for their thoughts and to help. You know, so if you if you're in our group and you say, hey, I'm going through some stuff, you're going to have about 40 people in the first hour give you support. And we've got nine moderators from all over the world. So no matter what time of day it is, if somebody wants to criticize somebody and say, you know, I'll quit being a crybaby or something like that, they're gone. We do not tolerate. It's a zero tolerance policy. You do not criticize anybody for what they're going through. 
you know, scroll on, but don't criticize. And uh, we don't have issues in our group. We none. We kick somebody about out about every four months, and we have hundreds of posts every single day. And it's a lot of fun too. I mean, it's not it's not all gloom and doom in there. It's people posting a lot of funny memes, and some of them are talking about the show and all that. But it's primary primarily a safe place for people who might be struggling uh, with any type of of, of uh, mental situation. So, and that's, out of that's every- what we're most proud of. Yes, I will say out of everything that we have done, that is the thing that we are so proud of, uh, that everybody comes together to support. You know, Jerry and I have even given our phone numbers out and just people need somebody to listen, basically. And it it can make a whole lot of difference. So uh, out of everything that we do, that group means the world to us because any, like he said, anytime, day or night, somebody's always there. So we, we just feel very blessed that we, you know, get to share all, a lot of people with a lot of people. So, you know, we, very nice. we've got close to 24 million downloads, which is a hell of an accomplishment. Yeah, I will never belittle that. We've made mm-hmm. a living out of doing this or where we, we can do this as full-time jobs, but there will be nothing more important about what we do than somebody coming up to us and saying, you guys literally saved my life. And we've had that happen more times than we could ever count. I mean, we have literally had people come to us and say, I had the rope in my hand and something you said clicked in my head. You know, that's just one example. We had a lady, and you know, I started telling this last night on a, on another interview, and I never finished the story. It just dawned on me. But <laughs> back when we first started this, I told the story about dimes. I don't know if you've heard this story, but you know, it goes along with like pennies from heaven. That uh, there's a lot of cultures out there that believe that when someone passes on, they will try to communicate with you by leaving dimes. So if you pay attention after somebody passes, you will find dimes at places that are odd that you would never find. And, you know, I even told a young lady that I used to uh, used to be a customer of mine. I worked in retail. Her daughter passed away of a drug overdose, and it was so horrible. The people she was with just dumped her in a church parking lot because they didn't want to be caught oh. and, and left. And oh my gosh. I told her she came in one day and this had been about a week afterwards. And I just, I, I told her that story. I thought it would help her. And she said, you know, I cannot believe you're saying this. She said, just this morning, I walked out and she said, we have a little table in our hallway. There's nothing on it. It's nothing. And I don't allow anything to be on it. And she said, there was a dime there. <laughs> and I said to my husband, did you put this down there? And he's like, no, I know better than to put anything on that table. I'll get yelled at. <laughs> and she said, it's just so funny that you mentioned that. And I found a dime on that table today. So we get that. Once that episode came out, this was pre-Tracy. This was a Ricky and I story. And I had a woman write us from, a, I think it was North Carolina. She had said that her six-year-old son had died of cancer. Hmm. And she had lost all faith in God, all faith in the church. 
Because how in the world could her son have went through all that if there was a God? And if there was an afterlife, why hadn't he been able to make contact with her? Now, at this time, we were just starting out. We were advertising everywhere we could for free, and I was advertising on Craigslist. I would go into rants and raves of certain cities, okay? And I would just put, hey, listen to Hillbilly Horror Stories. It's a paranormal podcast. Here's a link. And the woman happened to see this in her city. And she said, I saw it. I don't get into the paranormal. It's not my thing. But something told me to listen. She said, I listened and I heard the story about the dimes. So out of all the episodes, there was only a handful out. She happened to listen to that one. And she said that she, it dawned on her after this, how many dimes she had found. So many to the point that she told her husband, I keep finding all these dimes in weird places and it's odd. And she said, it never meant anything to me. And she said, you know, her and her, when you suffer the death of a child, it takes a toll on a marriage, obviously. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She said her and her husband were on the verge of, of divorce. She had completely, she was suicidal. She was, uh, had lost her job because she wasn't showing up. And when she heard our podcast about the dimes, she realized that her son was trying to communicate with her. She just didn't realize it. And after that, uh, one thing led to another. She was, she found her faith in God again. She completely believed that there was now something better for her son out there. Uh, she had started going to counseling for her and her husband, and she went back and got her job back, and she was no longer suicidal. She was taking counseling for that. And when you hear something like that, you're like, you know, that's, what we're doing is not telling stupid ghost stories. We've done something that made a true difference in not just her life, but hopefully, hopefully her husband's life and everybody else involved. And that was the first thing that ever was sent to us that made us realize we're, we're, we're doing something that's a whole lot bigger than telling ghost stories and joking around on, on, on the computer. I mean, even, even from the child standpoint too, like, I mean, if you just imagine you being on the other side and not being able to communicate with your parents and seeing the two people that you love the most just crumbling in front of you, like, and him trying to do everything that he possibly can to just be able to communicate to say I'm okay so that he can pass on, like, you also, in a way, helped him out, too, if you are looking at it from the paranormal aspect, because he was obviously countlessly trying to just try to do something to show his mom that he was okay and that he was fine, and after watching just like I said, that heart of a situation of watching your parents and your family crumble just from hearing that and that perfect synchronicity of things happening, it also made it too so that he could finally probably pass on and go to where he needed to and not have to worry about his parents anymore because just it, it, you can't even imagine just how hard it would be just to watch everybody crumble in front of you and you just almost be like screaming to them, but them not yeah. being able to interact with you. That's just one of the worst things yeah. I could possibly imagine, even for oh, a yeah. six-year-old too, not even understanding any part of the paranormal realistically that's right you know they're so young they don't even completely understand what's going on i mean they, in their mind they probably are like i mean i'm still here i'm not you know i'm not dead so i don't understand why you're not you know picking up on what i'm trying to do but i can't imagine the little kids going through that and you know we just had a friend of ours that just lost her one of her twin boys and i'm telling you it's 
That was so, that was the toughest thing ever, you know, and, but I think that she's good with, you know, how, I mean, as good as you can be, mm-hmm. but, um, she yeah, has she's very religious she leans and- on. Yeah. So that's really helped her a lot, but yeah, I cannot imagine having to do that. So hopefully, you know, that did help the child and everything and. I mean, it's got to be so frustrating for them. Like I said, they're just little kids. They probably don't even, you know, realize the, I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's amazing to me. But we are so thankful that if that helps one person, we are so thrilled about that because, you know, people just need to know that we are here. Everybody's here. Just don't be afraid to ask to talk to anybody or don't be ashamed of it. You know, like I said, all you need to do is just have somebody listen to you, and that can make a world of difference in somebody's life. Even though we love our group, and and then, but that group has helped Jerry and I so much, you know, because if it hadn't been for, like, love and support that I've had from all those people when Jerry was having his procedure, because the first procedure that he had back in January did not go like we thought it was going to go, so... You know, I literally lost him for a little bit. And then, you know, but if it wasn't for them just supporting the both of us, I don't know how I would have made it through, to be honest. So we're we're very thankful for them. So it's absolutely beautiful what you guys have been able to build. And coming from just somebody that just is a very observant of people, more often than not, you see comedians, the reason they get into that is because they do have a dark past and their way to be able to cope with things is to be able to make jokes. And it seems like more often than not, it can go one of two ways. Either one, it gets you deeper into a spiral. And then you hear about all of these horrible stories of all these comedians that end up committing suicide or overdosing Mm -hmm. on drugs and stuff. Or it ends up being a relief where you can actually like escape into that. But you kind of went a totally different path. And I think that's a really awesome, beautiful thing that you had that dark past. uh, You got into the comedy thing. So you just have so much different life experience to be able to talk to people about these situations with because I've always said you kind of have to go through hell in order to be able to preach about how to make it through hell to somebody else. But mm-hmm. I feel like because of you changing your medium, even if you do do comedy here and there and you just still have fun with it because you were able to change your medium into something that became better for you and even better for giving back to people. Like it's a beautiful thing. And I'm really happy that you guys were able to collaborate that, do everything that you guys have done and be able to create not just a support system for everybody that cares about your guys showing everything that you're doing, but these people inherently care about you guys guys too and they've become support for you guys back to be able to make it through these hard situations because i mean we were supposed to have something scheduled a long time ago back when that stuff happened and you know i was keeping tabs on everything on facebook and i saw all the love and support that you guys got from everybody in the community all your guys listeners like it's it's crazy that you guys have been able to build everything that you guys have done and like you guys said i think that you guys help out a lot more people than you realize that you've helped out And it's only going to continue to progress on. And you guys, no matter what, are going to have this legacy of having all of this caring community of people that will probably still interconnect, become friends in the real world. And it's helping those people just even from that aspect. And then in turn, too, you guys are putting out all of this awesome information of collecting all of these stories that a lot of people wouldn't even know about and they'd be lost in time. And even just dropping accurate information when it needs to be dropped or just some random person maybe going on an episode and hearing like the perfect information but you guys seem to have it covered from all angles as far as what you're doing and i can't say it enough it's it's an awesome thing that you guys have built and 
you know, just never stop. Keep doing what you're doing because it's only going to keep getting better and better. And your only guys are just going to be able to connect more and more people and help out more and more people as you go. <laughs> well, thank you. That means all the world to us to hear you say that. We appreciate that so much. Yeah, but definitely do appreciate it. It's funny you talked about keeping these stories going. We did a story on Wizard Clip, which I think is in uh, West Virginia. And we had somebody reach out to us and say they wanted to put it in like their museum archives because it was a, a local story and they thought it was cool that we covered it. So, yeah, uh, people do look at it about keeping these stories alive in, in a different format sometimes. And it's always cool, too, even for the aspect of everybody kind of wants to have their stamp in history. So, you know, just by collecting these stories and doing it, you know, you guys are being the people that get to carry on these stories. So you guys are also, in a way, continuing history, but also putting your stamp in history along the process of doing so. So it's two birds, one stone. It's an awesome thing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Very blessed. But uh, I guess uh, we got a little bit more on the sad side towards the end of that. But to bring it back up, I always like to do some words of wisdom. So, I mean, it could pertain to the last thing we were just talking about or anything that you guys seem to live by. But uh, what are some words of wisdom that both of you guys would like to bestow on the listeners? Tracy, you got something? Um, my thing, I guess, is to just, you know, love yourself. That's the most important thing because, you know, if you don't love yourself, you know, you're going to have a hard time in life. And just keep positive about everything. These things that bad happen, they happen for a reason, just like we spoke about. So, you know, just got to truck forward. You can't dwell on the past because it'll bury you for sure. So, you know, just keep a honest and positive attitude through your life, and I think you'll be fine. I mean, even those bad situations that people are going through at any given time, once you come out on top of that, everybody has to keep in mind that now you have the experience to be able to help somebody else out that went through that same thing. Mm -hmm. So as long as you keep your Absolutely. head up, every bad experience is meant to happen because then you can help somebody else who's dealing with the same thing. And Definitely. it's hard Definitely. to do that without the experiences, sad as that is. <laughs> I know. Got to learn some way, I guess. So. Mm -hmm. Then how about you, Jerry? What, what words of wisdom would you like to bestow on the listeners? I've had the one thing that's kept me going since my early days of depression it's always remember things are never as bad as they seem and they're never as good as they seem. So even though you think you might be in a hole, it's going to get better. You have to get out of your own head and quit telling yourself yeah. it won't. Because trust Definitely. me, when you get on the other side, you will say, I'd never foreseen that it could have been this good back when it was that bad. So it's never as good as it seems, but it's also never as bad as it seems. And life has to have, have its ups and downs. And if you never have those drastic lows, then you'll never fully enjoy and experience the drastic highs because everything would You're just be exactly remain right. constant at that point. Mm -hmm. You're that's so right. <laughs> and uh, for anybody that, of course, wants to come and listen to your guys' show, if they aren't already, um, if they want to come and find the books that you were talking about, Jerry, uh, where can they come and find you guys, your books, your support team, uh, anything you guys are doing, anything you guys want to plug, uh, where can they come and find it? You can go to hillbillyhorrorstories.com. That's got any of our live events. We do a cruise every other year. We do uh, live events like we're getting ready to do one up in your neck of the woods here uh, on August 19th. We'll be in Detroit. Ooh. And, uh, yeah, so there you go. And, uh, you know, then we do some 
Paracons and stuff like that. But all those things are listed on there, all the cruise information. You can buy the book on there if you want. If you want a personalized copy, it's 20 bucks. If you want something a little bit cheaper and you got Amazon Prime, you can order it straight off Amazon Prime for 15 bucks. Uh, the 20 bucks does include your shipping. So it's not that much different if you want something personalized. It's a great gift for people that are dealing with depression or somebody who just loves uh, a feel-good story. Uh, so uh, you can do that. But you can listen to us anywhere that you want to listen uh, to podcasts. That's where we're on all the platforms. So, Well, I appreciate you guys making the time to come on today. Uh, we had to coordinate this. This people don't realize it, but this year is almost. This show is almost like a year in the making. But I'm glad we finally got the time to do it. We finally got to sit down and we finally got to have this conversation because it was absolutely wonderful. And I thank you guys both for making the time to come on today. Oh, thank, thank you. you. It's such an honor, and we appreciate you having us on the show. Well, hopefully we can do some more in the future and uh, the next convention, because I did get to see you guys for a split second at CryptidCon. The next one, we'll have to make sure that we make the time to be able to sit down, uh, have a couple drinks and be able to just sit down and talk in person, because that's always one of the best parts to do after having an on-screen conversation. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Yep. If you guys enjoyed the show, don't forget to leave a rating or review on iTunes or Spotify. Uh, If anybody leaves a review on iTunes, of course, I will read on the show, give you guys a shout out. And if you guys really enjoyed this particular episode, don't forget to share it with a friend that you think might also enjoy it. And uh, if you guys keep sharing it along, maybe you'll get to a point where your whole friend group or your whole family or your whole office or your whole factory you work at all listens to the show and you guys can talk about all of this weird, bizarre topics that get covered on this show. But the only way that's ever going to happen with the show growing and being able to get to a point where you can talk about this openly wherever you feel the most comfortable, you got to share the show. So don't forget to do that. Give some type of love and support in some way, shape, or form. And that's one of the best, best, best ways to do it, of course. And if anyone wants to get a hold of me for any reason whatsoever, uh, be it you want to contribute some really cool artwork, or you just want to have an interesting conversation, or you want to talk about uh, your strange encounters that you've uh, dealt with or seen in the past, um, any of that. If you want to get a hold of me for any reason whatsoever, there's a couple different ways to do so. You guys can, of course, shoot me a message on Instagram, which is the form of social media that I'm the most active on, or you guys can email me at increase of our reality podcast at outlook.com, or you can go to the link tree, fill the submission form. And of course that will go directly to my email. Uh, if you guys send me an email, make sure you guys check your spammer junk folders, make sure nothing gets missed because I do respond to every single message that you guys send me and, uh, everything that I mentioned all available under the link tree, which is available down in the show description, or it's L A N K T R period E E slash increase of our reality podcast. And with that, I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation and I'll catch you on the next one. Have a good night, everybody. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.